are you, my friend? I miss you, Mike. It's 422 episodes now. I've been spending the beginning of the episode looking for my friend Mike. I'm always checking on him, and people in the chat don't even really seem to notice, you know? It's like the Dufresne's all over again. You know? How can we eat at a time like this when, when Mike... Mike needs to be checked on. Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Uh, good, good morning, all. Good to see you. Yeah, the Mike. See, get it? See, it's a joke. See? Yeah, see, Mike? There's Mike. Mike's here. Mike's fine. And you hear me. Thank you very much, B. Good to see you. Happy Wednesday. It is uh, beautiful rain uh, happening right now on the roofsy. A little uh, getting roofied here. Rain's, rain's roofy in me. It's pretty nice. Uh, I want to remind you all that... Uh, how good it must feel to be the ocean and have it rain on you. Oh, man. It's like you're only... Be like the purest, purest form of gold, you know? The closest we could come to is if we were to climb to the top of the tallest mountain and uh, drink from the spring, right? Um, thank you for being here. It's great to see you. There's Nate Hinksman in the house. Good time to see you. See, I told you, Spectral. There he is. He's right there. There he is. There's your man right there. You need to talk. You guys need to talk. You got some business. There's a little uh, raccoon who's owed some money. And the raccoon is uh, claiming that uh, that there was a hit and run. It was a DoorDash incident. And uh, Nate, you match the description. What do you want me to do? Raccoons have uh, pretty good eyesight at night. So uh, the corroborating evidence is uh, above reproach. I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to everyone because apparently I said intro P instead of intro fee. I think that's what happened. And so to make up for it, I'm going to now pronounce the word apostrophe. And I'm going to use the word apostrophe from now on because I want to balance the force. And so if you were in the Monday school class, thank you for uh for for correcting me i I do think you're right um when i when i protest the not remembering it's more about i actually know what that word is but uh i could easily see that i decided to pronounce it with entropy because we were actually talking about atrophy and atrophy and i'm trying to make excuses i don't mean to make excuses i think it's i think it's hilarious and embarrassing and uh this this will make uh this will make everything better. So thank, thank you all for coming to the Open House Monday. It was a blast. I do hope you enjoyed the lecture. I put a lot of uh, time into that, knowing, knowing that you guys would be coming uh, purely out of the goodness of your, of your heart to just help me test things. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was a really good, really good time. It was a good time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, it happens to me all the time. Yeah, get it? Get it? See? Uh, someone out there gets it that's like a deep beat double e beat um i got a show for you today i got a show for you today i got something to show you wait wait that's not the right string i need to do here and go to uh we're going to the screen let's go the thing it's called chemtrails and roman antiquity okay the chemtrails and roman antiquity is what we're going to go over today one of you made a comment saying something about uh, uh, I'm relentless, and and I'm actually not. I actually think this stuff is is legit and real. And what bothers me 
is really more about how how people are insisting that that I think it doesn't mean that it's there was an element in our audience that thought that psychic phenomena wasn't real and uh, I that really bothers me do you realize that if we were all to believe that that we would all have to call each other crazy we would have to literally call each other crazy And, and you know what gee look around we do over half of us is medicated right now and I believe that the reason why over half of us is medicated is exactly because um, because of, uh, of, what, of what we're talking about right now. And so understanding the truth of psychic phenomenon leads you back to the idea of a rendered world. And that rendered world is, uh, oh my goodness, OBS, you are such a pain in the butt. Oh gosh. Hang on a second. It's kind of dragged to this monitor. It's like there's no such thing as monitor two ever. And then is that there now? Ugh. No, all I see is that one. I I uh I got it. I got it going on. I'm gonna look here. I will find the window and I will bring it to you like a flower from the rain. And we will decide just what is happening because Something is stopping the window from showing an OBS, but I do not give up because... Because I am wiser. And so I will copy this URL and paste it into this stream. Oh, someone sent me five dollars. They must like that. Thank you, Michael. Good to see you. Okay, we will try this now. Compassion. For technical difficulties a special kind of love that you give to me okay okay whoa, 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 whoa. oh my goodness that was rude sorry oh that was rude there we go there we go okay can we please do this now nope you can't okay not a problem buddy i am just loving you right now there we go now if i close all this looks like i'm not gonna be able to watch the chat see you guys later and I'll try and bring you up again because I really want to show you this. I've been working hard on this thing right here for you. All right. Thank you, my friends. Um, I will check back in the chat, but right now I, I want to uh, want to catch up because I, I feel like I'm slowing you down here. It's 10 minutes and I haven't even started yet. Um, Kim Trails in Roman Antiquity is a... Uh, Derived from this PDF that I just read today. Now, I, I've told you guys many times on this show about um, an identify. I mean, uh, uh, Wonders in the Sky, uh, a book that I've talked about a lot. And this is a uh, a different report that was just uh, just published. It corroborates uh, what I've said. There's nothing uh, really objecting to anything. But uh, this is called Unidentified Flying Objects in Classical Antiquity. And it is a report uh, that basically goes through all of the uh, military uh, disclosure. What I mean is uh, a guy named Pliny was, was keeping a history of, of Rome. You've probably heard of him. Pliny's, uh, what do you call him? We'll come to the word. But uh, uh, the, the, the auspices that were recorded through time, the wars, the, the, the word on the street. It wasn't about facts, it was about what I've heard, and he's documenting it all. 
And uh, one of the things that he's documenting is the actual money that, that the Roman army is spending on certain things. And it turns out that there was a UFO disclosure program in Rome. And the UFO disclosure program had their own budget. They had their own molder and uh, they had their own scully. And these X-Files, uh, it was really confusing because anytime they would say, I'm with the X-Files, someone would say, oh, you're with the 10 files. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm Agent Fox Mulder with the X-Files. It's like, well, how come your card says 10 files? He's like, no, sir. I, I mean, I'm with the X-Files. And it's like, we, that says 10. You need to look at your card. You, you obviously have a mistake. We don't have no X back here. Okay, so figure it out. It's like, oh, you're right. Oh, I got to rethink this whole analogy. Come on, Scully. We got, but Mulder, Mulder, I need to brood a second and, and contemplate and contemplate. Get it, Pontiff? Oh my God, that's funny. I need to contemplate, Mulder. I need to contemplate. So anyway, um, this uh, th these were actual reports, uh, like 400, 500 years worth of reports of unidentified flying objects, and we're gonna talk about them today. Uh, 218 BC, a spectacle of navium gleamed in the sky. Navium is Latin for uh, uh, ships, right? Any kind of naval uh, armament or n naval warfare uh, craft would be navium. But these gleamed in the sky. They were, they were floating in the sky. Uh, at Reet, that's a location, a Saxum was seen flying about in 212 BC. Saxon is basically... A large megalithic I would call it stone but it's more like cliff um, in fact there's a famous uh, Saxon in uh, Saxon in in Rome and before they were as as they were building their laws um, most trials would would occur as best they can and then anyone who is convicted of a crime and punished by death would would be taken to the Saxon and and um, and, and pushed off, and uh, you can actually go to that cliff now. Um, it's, I think it'd be a perfect uh, perfect setting for a uh, a, a a book, but but I haven't actually been there, so I bet you someone's they've probably done that like eight times. I'm getting off track here, but anyway, uh, this giant floating building basically. Two twelve. At Lanuvium. A spectacle of a great fleet was said to have been in the sky. It's 173 BC. At Compsa, defensive armor appeared flying in the sky, 154 BC. And Josephus reported that at 65 AD in Judea, he said, on the t <clears throat> I wonder if I can do a, uh, a Yiddish Josephus. Let me see here. On the twenty-first of the, no, I don't know. On the twenty-first of the month of Artemisium, there appeared a miraculous phenomenon. Oh, yay! Passing belief. Indeed, what I am about to relate would I imagine have been deemed a fable were it not for the narratives of eyewitnesses and the subsequent calamities which deserve to be so signaled. For before sunset, throughout all parts of the country, chariots were seen in the air, and armed battalions hurtling through the clouds and encompassing the city. This was a mass event. Josephus, of course, uh, uh, famous Jesus, uh, Josephus. There's a lot of uh, 
of just fascinating corollaries between the writer of 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 sort of political Jewish lore and uh he's recording these uh these same phenomenons phenomenomena phenomena 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 uh, the, uh, I should show you this slide. That's what I'll do. The people of America and Tudor observed Arma. That's uh, weapons, basically, right? Like uh, any kind of like militia. Uh, observed Arma in the sky rushing together from east and west, 104 BC. So floating armies in the sky. In 43 BC, a spectacle of weapons was seen to rise from the earth to the sky with a clashing noise. Uh, 100 BC, Clippius, burning and emitting sparks, ran across the sky from west to east at sunset. Clippius is basically a, a, like a shield, a round shield. And again at 217 BC, at Arpi, Parmas were seen in the sky. And a Parma is, is a type of Roman shield that's round. It resembles a mandala, which I think you will find uh, interesting here coming up in a second in order for me to explain some things to you I need you to or I want to refresh your memory on the definition of the word perturbation um, perturbation you could quite simply say is simply a disturbance or turbulence or or a, uh, a clip or some sort of uh, scratching but Underneath that definition, there's something more important. A perturbation really is a deviation from a constant. That if you can imagine there's a vector, and that before something is on a vector, it would be still. That the stillness of something gives it zero vector. And that when you have zero vector, there would be zero perturbation. But when your vector has a certain velocity, then your perturbation would be amplified directly by that velocity. So, so a perturbation is really a function of velocity. And velocity can mean a lot of different things here. And, and I'm showing you the record needle, the needle that's listening to a record, just as a sort of a three-dimensional example of what this is. Because... When you understand what, what I believe the navel, or what we call the sun, is doing, it, it's certainly it's shining, of course, it's wonderful, and certainly it's, it's endowing and bestowing. And at the heart of that, what the sun is doing is perturbating. It, it sends a, a, a constant, and that constant is the burning, the, the, the plasmatic... Uh, illumination of, of the coaxial barrel, right, of consciousness. You're staring down the barrel of consciousness when you look into the sun. And that that consciousness is conveyed to you not through the solid state signal, but through the perturbation. This is a really important concept because uh, you and I can actually set up a network using the power in our walls. There's actually a network protocol 
that can run a network inside your electrical system. And it does that by sending a perturbation that the all the amps in the house can keep doing what they're doing, that none of them will notice because on top of that or below that, depending on how you want to physically or theoretically think about these things, you can send a perturbation along the line. Now, when you were talking on a CB, you were actually perturbating a diaphragm that the diaphragm technically is being converted into the you know signal we'll call it a radio signal just to be simple that that radio signal is perturbating at a certain pace and that perturbation on top of it perturbating has a signal stitched inside of it like a weave so the frequency of of fm or, or am 1117 or kz106 that's a perturbation isn't it because that's a frequency and you and i do not hear KZ-106. We hear the perturbations on KZ-106. Do you understand? The reason why I want you to, to see this word is because neurons are perturbations. The entire identity of you, of who you are, is a perturbation. The ego, the self, indeed all of your organs have this perturbation Something about the signaling and the mitosis inside the liver tells it we will, we will remain liver and you will not fraternize with the pancreas and Montagues and Capulets will never meet and should you meet we will destroy you. The beast of apoptosis will rise up between the crevices of all life and snatch you, Romeo and Juliet. And of course now these cells are titillated. They're like, oh my God. Nothing can stop our love except for apoptosis. And, and that's exactly what happens. And, you know, hey, well, it's worth it, right? This identity, the signal, everything that you know, all the people you know, your dog, your plants, your car, all of them are actually functioning on a level of perturbation. Your car is actually, you don't actually call it a car until it actually moves and gets you places can be a broken car but it's broken because the perturbations that it used to give you no longer perturbate they don't perturbate anymore so there's a signal riding the signal the Sun is a signal and there is information riding on the signal whether or not you choose to understand the record player is going to be a function of something else right that there are Creatures or, or, or matter in the world that probably do not comprehend some sort of consciousness that maybe does not comprehend the message of the perturbation of my voice. That there's a language underneath it, possibly. I don't actually know how reality works. It could be that they do understand and they're not telling us. It could be, right? You don't know. I can't synthetically go there. Well, I showed you the mandala of a dolphin, didn't I? And when we looked at, at, at what a mandolphin actually sees, it's just nothing but a contrast. It's just a simple, like, uh, smearing Crisco grease over your uh, uh, goggles and going under underwater in the pool. Yet you know exactly that the dolphin sees so much more precisely than that. Which means that the dolphin's doing the same thing that you and I do. It's using the perturbations to serve as a, uh, a, a Solomon's ring to hold the shape and then it's rendering the details for itself inside. 
It's giving it its own details because the inner life is the resolution of color, of sound, of feelings. Why? Because all of these are perturbations of our salt. Believe it or not, what red is, is your emotional attachment to the perturbation of what it's like when photons perturbate back at you. And I say perturbate because they leave the spectrum of, of solid light and they are broken and diffused and things are trapped inside the texture because there's no such thing as color in the world. There's simply texture and space that the reef of this world and the reef of you reflects color purely as the ability for photons to be trapped and to be perturbated away where only certain things survive and leave. And what survives would be the absence of the color that survived. What survives is color, we'll just say that. That's what survived. So you know what perturbation is. <clears throat> what if physical matter is just a perturbation? What if, what if all a cube really is? The meaning, the fundamental meaning of a cube. You and I both know that, that a cube in, in space itself, that most of what we would call volume is empty. You know that. And, and if you happen to follow quantum mechanics, you sort of have a concept that probably things are sort of like vibrations, really. And that if you were to understand what a cube really is, all a cube really is is, is something that, that's disrupting the normal perturbation of ether. That this giant mixing bowl slowly turns itself, according to Michelson Morley, at a certain rate. That that rate that it turns itself reveals, remember how the sun is a constant signal and then there's perturbations that are resting on top? Well, the ether turns on its disk and the texture, the texture, the texture of what's on the record reveals itself in reality, except for it's not a sound you hear through your speakers, it's a shape. It's a shape. And so what did I tell you color was? All color is is texture. All color is is, is is the escaping of velocities that pass through a medium, that all they are is perturbations. I'm telling you this entire world, you only know because of its perturbations. That's the only way you know it. It's the only way that a turtle is a perturbation of consciousness and the perturbation of consciousness has such a specific signal to it turtle 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 that you understand it so completely that you built a space for it in your mind palace and that you can cymatically approach and come close to forming the shapes of a turtle at 1021 hertz at 2041 hertz at 1068 hertz at 1065 hertz, you see these emanations in two dimensions of what the turtle would look like in three. And the answer is all there. It's a perturbation. And consciousness itself, holy shit, consciousness itself would have to be the same. Psychic discord causes a perturbation of neurons with a measurable electrical output. This is, this is my declaration psychic discord causes a perturbation a rut in the road of your psychic journey a rut in the road of your psychic journey right 
causes a perturbation. And that perturbation is felt in the wagon wheels. It's felt there. I'm, I'm pulling out the chat. <laughs> Give me a sec. Hey, there's 97 people watching. Dude, look at me watching James, watching James. Honestly, I don't know how you guys watch me. Thank you for being here. So, yes, we are living in a giant divine cymatics machine. Well, well put, Althea. Psychic discord, fear, stress, joy. All of these things would be discord. And what would the discord do? It would cause a perturbation inside your 10th cranial nerve. The X-Files. You mean the 10 files? No, I'm sorry. Oh, God, we've got to fix this. We've got to fix this. We really need an X. Yeah, well, you know, we live in a pagan culture here, so we don't need to be bringing no more triple X's in here, okay? It means 10. It's 10. Stop saying it means X. Anyway. The uh, psychic discord, the perturbations of emotions that are too hard for you to feel, will cause you to trip. And you know this. You'll suddenly remember something that you regretted deeply, or suddenly you, uh, you, you, you saw something that, that made you completely uncomfortable. Or someone decides to tell you a story that's just wretchedly uh, horrific. And that, that those perturbations would cause a natural rut through your neurons. That your, your, your record needle would skip. And it would skip in such a way that it would release energy. It would release li like two crystals scraping up against each other in the dark. It would release light. And that light is not light. It is frequency. And the 61 hertz and 67 hertz and 69 hertz and 71 hertz and 81 hertz and 85 hertz and 88 hertz and 104 hertz. All of these are perturbations, which is why they're called hertz. They're hertz. They're perturbations. And every single truth in the world is revealed to you in pain. I know that sounds pretty dark. And we don't need to be calling James true. We don't need to be drifting more towards how dark he is. But, but I do not consider pain dark. I consider pain an amplitude or a frequency that is simply difficult for people to hear. And I'm going to show you that. I'm going to show you. Thank you for watching James True Live. Not only do we see very little of the electromagnetic spectrum... But what we can't see has profound and even deadly effects on the body. Ladies and gentlemen, can you please consider the fact that what I just said is, is that to perceive truth causes pain. And I can prove that because visible light is only, what, 0.03% of the entire electromagnetic spectrum. And what happens when you start to reveal or illuminate or give witness to electromagnetic energy that has a higher wavelength than visible light, it becomes microwaves. It becomes infrared. It becomes radio waves. It will cook you like a chicken. The truth of those frequencies will cook you like a chicken, which is why you don't see them. You cannot see microwaves because they burn for you to witness. And by witnessing them, you would sizzle your diaphragm. It would blow like a filament. And what happens, what happens if we go the other way and we increase the uh, frequency of the amplitude? And what happens is, is the shifting invisible light reaches all the way up into these beautiful spectrum of the purples, a new technique that we've learned to see only recently, which can be proven in the cell evolution of the eyes, 
And that when you go beyond that spectrum and try to perceive ultraviolet x-rays and gamma rays, you are now on the same side of being in a danger zone. That your body itself cannot handle the truth of that frequency. Every single thing that you have learned to see in this amazing world was bestowed to you because you were willing to suffer for it. This is the essence of Aperture. The very fundamental of everything that we teach here. The idea of how hard it is to, to see. Yes, Sarah, I have Raw 2.0, exactly. That pain is a frequency and that you have learned to suspend your bubble, your light, your life, your mercury on this delicate shelf in between microwaves and gamma radiation. <laughs> so well done. And that you survive here suspended in the only place that you can see the only one. This is why I'm telling you consciousness. This is why I'm telling you that consciousness is a perturbation because you and I can only exist within a certain shelf. Our equipment, which is who are, who we are. I'm sorry. It's who we are. I know many of you really want to insist that, that you're this other thing and that you're this other thing. And, and I, I, I applaud you, but I don't think that you understand how beautiful the ocean feels when it tastes the rain that you returning to that ocean the reason why you exist no more is because the ocean drank you she drank the purity that came out of your vitriolic journey here and you you are no more because your magic is in her belly now you gave it to her you told her before you came hey Sheol I'm going when I come back you can have everything Everything that I eat, all the wisdom that I drink here, you can have. I'll be right back, Shio. She's like, I know you will. I know where to find you. I'll see you. It's like, you promise? You promise I'll die, right? I promise. Don't worry. You won't be trapped. I promise you'll die. Okay, thank you. This is how all waves work. Whoops. That there are perturbations. And if you start to think about psychic phenomenon, I want you to imagine that these skips in everyone's mind when, when fear is injected causes more perturbations and the, these perturbations can echo and collect and that the collections of those perturbations can form something that looks like a particle and that you can see a pattern that wasn't there and that no matter how many times you throw a photon through a double slit, it makes this pattern. Why? Because the essence of the photon is to perturbate. It's its essence. It cannot help itself. Do you know what it's transmitting? I am. I am. I am. That's what light dark means. These bands, I am. Light dark. 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 I am. I am. I am. It's beautiful. The frequency of all the reports that I gave you from Livy, 
the times that they were all received, were always at a heightened state of war with Carthage. That if you were to look at the blips on the screen for all the times that they saw floating ships in the sky, it looked just like this. And that the perturbations, the, 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 the dark spots were, were war. Fear, war, eugenics. They're watching the world go insane. And something else that, that happened is, is that the publicity, or they were the prodigy reports, excuse me. That if you, if you want an account by account, uh, account by count of Rome, Livy's prodigy reports give you all of these things. And it's true that as soon as these prodigy re reports were, were made, that the second that that happened, the, the sightings would quadruple, actually times, times X. <laughs> times X. They would, they, would, they would multiply by 10 times. And I want you to know that, that, that this is a beautiful phenomenon. Now, now, in the old world, you might think, because you believe in, in psychosis, you might think, oh, well, that's because everyone's making it up. And, and first of all, hey, buddy, you're making everything up. You right now are making everything up. So for you to try and slip in this magic card where you're like, hey, that guy's making everything up is, is making me and everyone else here have to assume that you're not making things up. So nice try, buddy. That doesn't, that doesn't work at all. This, uh, this publicity, the idea that you could see things floating in the sky was medicine. It was medicine for those who were having psychic difficulties. The stress of war with Carthage and Rome needed a release, and that release would look for wherever it could look for. And the answer would be to see these entities in the sky, not because they were not real, but because they were perturbations of real things. They were real reflections and ripples of things that happen in the, in the real. But you and I have gotten scared of this kind of energy. We've been brought up in a tutelage that insists we need to choke that out. We were raised by witch burners, angry villagers, that would kill you and me and everyone else around us for this fucked up Zionistic Orthodox way of there can be only one, right? So you understand why it's harder for you to see these things. And now you get why Aquarius is so important. Chemtrails became a way for psychic relief. And that's why the sightings would go up because the medicine worked. And when the medicine works, you say it's real. Do you know why it's real? Because it worked. Utilitarianism 101, pragmatism. Animal sacrifice was a form of psychic relief in Rome. You know this. That, and we've done so many talks about this very specific thing. That why we have the word scapegoat is directly built on the idea that we had come up with a psychic relief kind of medicine and this psychic relief medicine worked. And it was working at a time where we didn't want it to work anymore. We were tired of sacrificing goats. The Christians stopped it. It was the Christians that were like, man, 
I really like this goat. He kind of looks like Alfred E. Newman. I don't want to kill him. And the next thing you know, you've got an easier religion. And you know what else they did? They said, we're not going to count the moons anymore. Christians are like, that's too hard. I don't know when this, I don't know when the, the new moon is this year after the, the spring equinox. I can't freaking do that math. Can't we just name the year after Julius Caesar and just count solar days and forget the moons entirely? And yeah, that's what we did. So of course all these other things went. And I'm not even blaming the Christians. I think, uh, I think we needed the tomato steak to be not confusing, right? We need one way up, right? And that's the quickening. And, and we're, it's just time to let go because we're missing energy. We're missing energy, right? What, me worry? What? What, me worry? These people, they threw me out of town. They're like, hey, goat man, get out of town. It's like, why? Was I bad? Was, was I bad? That wasn't bad. A near and uh, a near death experience. John the Baptist, right? Using psychic relief to relieve himself of how bad he felt. He felt so bad that he had a near death experience in the river, and it opened a portal to God. Why? Because he was able to see through pain. The pain of death gave John the Baptist new sight. And it was such a powerful sight that he shared his gospel with the people. We have the myth of baptism now. I say myth because I need you to understand that this is a pranic belief. It's a true, live magic. What's the magic? Hey, man, you want to see God? Well, yeah, man. Yeah, I'd like to see God. All right, come here. Where are we going? Well, wait, let me, let me get my robe wet. Let me, let me, no, man, come in with your robe. It's okay. This is my friend Rocco. Hello. This is my friend uh, Cletus. Hello. And we're here to baptize you. Baptize? What's that? You'll see. You sure you want to see God? Yeah, I really want to see God, man. It's like boring, you know? And uh, really, I'm, I'm tired of killing goats. It doesn't, doesn't do it for me anymore. All right, I just need you to sign this contract here. And just uh, put your X marks in the spot. Put your... Uh, there's another X there, a little inside joke for those listening to the show still. Uh, put your X there on the spot, and uh, yeah, we'll get you all set up. And what happens? They, 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 hold, they hold you under the water. And the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they watched. Do you realize why John the Baptist was famous? Because it was working. Do you really think a, a cute little superficial religion, I mean a ritual, like tapping some holy water, would drag that kind of crowd? Salacus spectaculum, opening a portal through a pain ritual, a ritual of pain. It's brilliant. Think about it. In a time when the sacrificial rites of a pagan bureaucracy were being supplanted by Christianity, chemtrails became a necessity. I'm telling you that there were chemtrails in Rome, and I've just given you six examples. Six examples of menace menace that was coming from the sky menace that was so horrible that its job was to poison and infiltrate and destroy you and you saw this menace in the sky because you understood the perturbations were real and you rendered them so that you could do something about it this is moving changing your posture reassessing your entire identity from the ground up 
chemtrails are begging you to push the button. Become the shaman. It's right there. Think about what all the collective perturbations are. Because I swear to you, they would look like a mandala. They would look like a disc. The same way that a, a Roman shield looks like a UFO. That the perturbations would coagulate into a collective ripple in the sky that all of us agree. And that, that ripple would look like a mandala, a flat mandala. Because it was a perturbation, a ripple in the collective sky from you and me. Both of our fears create mandalas in the sky and they are the collective angst of us learning to see perturbation. This is uh, what happens when all of us have the same kinds of fears. Wait a minute, push the wrong button here. When all of us are pushing out the same kind of perturbations, each of us start off, right, with different perturbations. But if we're inside a flexible medium, if we're inside any, anything at all that has like a plate, a movable plate, that that perturbation would, would start to synchronize. And even though all of us were feeling perturbations in different ways, that the only way we could comfortably express our perturbations was to bring them all to sync. And the moment you have sync, everything gets louder. Everything becomes more amplified. You probably can't hear the volume, sorry. But this is the... Uh, stop Tacoma Bridge you guys have seen this right that there's certain kinds of resonance in the world that cause certain vibrations to simply get louder that the wind itself is is an energy that you and I do not directly perceive we're not ready yet we're not ready to understand that, that wind is conscious energy. We're not ready yet to understand that this is the breath of homunculus. But as you can see, there's a resonance built in the world. And this resonance amplifies itself. Think about what it's like that most people think that they go to hell for not believing in the correct thing. If you understand the science of perturbation, if you understand exactly what I'm talking about, you'd see what I mean. That we're brought into this world and we're literally terrified because we have no choice but to believe perturbations. That, that the moment we get here, we're told over and over, reality is this, reality is this, reality is this, and there's two parties and it works like this, and there's a bill of rights and it works like this, and there's uh, all of the things. The entire time we've known that we've always had to choose which ones we believe and we've tried as hard as we can to pick the right ones and we're terrified. We're terrified because we understand 
that what we believe is what we water. We actually understand this. And the reason why we understand this is why we've invented hell. It's why we say we'll go to hell for not believing the correct thing. Because deep down we know how valuable belief is. We get it. Did I skip one minute? Okay. So what does science do? Science gives us a scapegoat to blame something on. Think about it. If we believe in science, we, we're off the hook. Why? Because we're listening to consensus. We're listening to the God consensus now. Because consensus would be the collective consciousness agreeing on something. And even though we know that the only way we could agree is if everyone sort of changed what they believe, we insist that this will be the only way that, that we could be safe. That we'll never go to hell because it's not our fault. It's not our fault. We were just simply told what to believe and and, and we knew that, that that everyone else collectively must be must be right. And this is this is the one of the most beautiful genius tricks that we've come up with. And having this trick is exactly what brings us into this hive mentality. The hive mind comes from us using this crutch for so long. So stop complaining about the hive and start realizing it's time to pay the piper for that. That, that we only got here because we bought into this for so long that it gave us the calories we needed to learn to see things like blue. And the shades of blue that we see now that we couldn't see before because we got, we got better at perceiving things got better at perceiving painful hurts we got better at perceiving think about this if society renders chemtrails under stress what kind of things will we be rendering under bliss that I'm not asking you to believe or deny or prove or disprove or stop or fight or anything I'm asking you to consider one thing Every single person that sees chemtrails is a targeted individual that's having a shamanic journey. What do you think would happen to those chemtrails if they suddenly pulled a Jesus and alchemically accepted that this is exactly what they wanted to do? And that everything that's happening to them right now is them stretching, stretching rods and cones in their eyes that they never had before. And that they're spending, they're spending, they're spending uh, calories on themselves to live in luxury. And that luxury and extravagance allows them to see things that used to be too painful to afford. The poor man who is, spends his last, someone gives him $30, right? And he, all he can buy is caviar. That's not a good time, is it? It hurts. And that we are here to build our muscle to learn to perceive more hurts. And it starts at a very young age, doesn't it? That at the earliest time we learn to see what hurts and what doesn't. That we learn right away. The society has these picket fences that say, hey, don't worry, you don't have to look anymore. That you can just call this evil. And now that it's evil, you it's okay. You don't have to look at it anymore. You don't have to compassionate it or understand it. You don't have to do anything. It's just evil. Have you, I mean, have you ever thought about the fact that, that, that a lot of truthers uh, are like terrified of microwaves? There's like this whole thing. 
It's like, you use a microwave? And if you're that way, great. I, I, I believe in sympathetic magic. But I also know that, that the microwave has more hertz. It's harder to see. And I think the idea that you're living in a world that there's tools around you right now that can perceive things that you deep down are too afraid to see because they hurt, and likewise they should, that things like microwaves might freak you out. And maybe that's exactly why things like TV are so dangerous, that when you look around at, at what truly is the most uh, pathogenic uh, contagion that we have, it would be television. But we can't talk about that because we're going to argue that contagion doesn't exist instead. We're going to insist that's the case. Why? Because the truth hurts. That we open these ports in our mind the moment we installed the Babel virus and learn language, right? That it all came from there. It's a beautiful thing. We have an airship tonight that's kind of special. We're, we're thinking about uh, talking about the dojo program. Maybe uh, maybe setting up, um, uh, structuring that where all the techniques that we've learned and focused on in the dojo would be uh, uh, put down in a way that's easy to digest. And so that's coming up here when at uh, seven o'clock. Um, so if uh, if you don't have your link to that, it's not too late. You can join Patreon and get that. If not, there's plus ones abound uh, all over. Everyone gets a plus one. So um, make yourself known in the community and you can participate without, uh, without spending. It's a cool little trick. So, uh, you should consider doing that. Uh, if, if you're interested in that kind of thing, of course, if not, that's okay too. Uh, someone had a, a concern that maybe, uh, um, I was starting a clan and look, I, I, I gotta be straight up. This is a cult. We're not starting a clan. It's very difficult to start a cult on the principle of tribal one. It's very difficult. Those people are very difficult because they're already independent. But I've been able to create the proper cult language. And the cult language is very important because it acts like a glue where it makes us all feel less alone in this world where we're literally surrounded by psychic perturbations that people refuse to look at. So we've gathered under the uh, cult name of Sunshine Mind Cleaners. And uh, we've, we've decided that, uh, that we're going to be the uh, antithetical cult. As you know, my book, Blueprints of Mind Control, actually outlines the three steps of being in a cult. Number one, convince, target, they're broken. As you know, all the work that I teach is exactly the opposite of that. I'm constantly telling you that the prejudice that you feel, the supremacy that you feel, the independence that you feel, the selfishness that you feel are all traits of your immune system rising. I also tell you that the ego is a good thing, that that is literally the perturbation of your immunity vibrating and creating things that are safe for you. One of the things that your ego does is provide you with a field of discernment where when propaganda comes in through a microwave, it stops cold turkey the moment it hits your field. Why? Because your ego is strong enough to not simply believe. You have the ability to keep your discernment up at full times. So, we've already broken the first rule of cults, which is convinced target they're broken. And, and people in, in, uh, in our clan that now we're revealing as a cult actually think the opposite of that. In fact, we believe that victimhood would be our greatest way of hiding. It's a camouflage that we'd use. Uh, the second rule of mind control is after you've convinced the target is broken, you uh, convince them that the only solution they have is outside of themselves. It, feel free to notice that maybe James developed his entire academic offerings 
as a direct, direct contradiction to how the engine of a cult works. Because step two says, convince target that solution is outside of themselves, right? That you need saving or you need redeeming or you need clearing or you need cleansing and that all those things can only happen from outside of yourself. And I, I've been telling you over and over again, you don't need drugs, you don't need psilocybin, you don't need uh, ayahuasca, you don't need any of these things except for presence and witness and start there. I'm not saying don't use those things. I'm telling you that all those things are simply going to be chopsticks which lead you back to yourself. So step two, also violated. Thank you, Graham. Appreciate it. Step three is um, we actually are guilty of that. Finally, geez, took us forever. Step three is propagate cult. We are guilty of that. I am asking you to directly contribute to our cult right now by joining Patreon. I'm asking you. We are doing amazing things, big things, big cult things. Lots of cult things are happening all the time. There's like chanting, there's some mumbling, there's uh, <clears throat> surgical enhancements, right? Uh, where we've got uniforms, I think. Um, we, it's all kinds of stuff. There are babies in the cult. Who knows who the father is, right? There, but we have everything that you would see in a cult and go, hey, that could be a cult. We've got it all. We have it all. If we're missing something, let us know. We have a committee that will strive to present that to you. So... I hope that answers any questions or concerns anyone might have. And if you believe that, uh, that you're going to be better off as a tribal one, I respect you, man. That's why we do a free show. That's why we do it. And we could use fuel to help us provide the free show for the, all the tribal one out there, right? So that's why you would join our cult. And it's fun. It's a cult of fun instead of it's a pack of fun. It's a cult of fun. All right. Uh, let me see. I don't have that up. I know that Graham sent me a awesome super chat. Thank you very much, Graham. Let me see. Yes, join the cult. Thank you, Spectral. Uh, xylitol. Yeah, we we could we could integrate that with the cult, I guess. Maybe. Uh, Kool Aid. Okay. So about the Kool Aid. Look, <clears throat> guys, it's just all sugar. Now I know some of you want the cult kombucha. I get it. I get it. But just come to the cult meeting. We'll figure it out. I really think beet juice. I think, I think if you get all fancy here, all right, maybe beet juice infused kombucha. Maybe com kombucha. This is Bohemian Grove, right? Uh, what was the other one? Oh, my God, I already forgot it again. abdomen is salacious is all right guys have a beautiful day hope you enjoyed this presentation um again i think chemtrails are real because i think everything that you render is real and i think when we look at the nature of what reality is we'll understand this a lot more i want you to relax knowing that your entire field is surrounded by demons did you hear what I just said? I want you to relax knowing that your entire field is surrounded by demons. And these demons are, I love me. I love you. I trust people. I love my cat. I love the flowers that I planted. That every one of these things is a demon that occupies you. I picked up a hitchhiker's 
on the Appalachian Trail. I just I knew right where the trail was. You could tell they were they were total they were totally cool. And uh, I picked them up and I drove them really far to a hotel, like a lot farther than than we all thought we were going to go. I actually thought anyway, no big deal. And they, they were fun to talk to. It was no skin off my back. But I'm trying to tell you that. That was a demon that's been in my field. I didn't realize that. I was driving back from uh, from my aunt's house, and I passed the hotel where I dropped them off, and I realized the only time I've ever been under the awning of that hotel is when I dropped off these hikers. And one of them was having a hard time with his divorce, and uh, I said some words to him that, that, that may have helped. I don't know. Who knows? He might have died on the trail, right? And uh, uh, th- th- you could say that's dark, but I don't know, because I do not think that we're in a world now where we need to sit there and insist that death is dark. Apoptosis is a process. It's a safety. Anyway, I, I, uh, underneath the arches of that overhang was perched prana that I'd done a nice thing. And I'm spoiling it now because I'm telling you about it, but that's a demon in my field. That's a demon in my field that only shows itself in a certain geolocation. Do you know what that is? That's called a Pokemon. That when you go to a certain geolocation, a Pokemon shows up on your screen and your screen only. And that that Pokemon is teaching you how magic works. It's teaching you how energy works. It's teaching you that you are, have these fingers to perturbate, perturbate, perturbate. That's what you're doing. You're animating things. You're giving it life. It's a beautiful thing. You're a you're a psychic perturbating caster. Who knew, right? Who knew? Oh, astronosis, guys, you gotta come. You gotta come to astronosis. You got to. Come on. You gotta come. Also, I'm I'm doing uh I'm doing uh, uh I'm gonna have to tell you about both of them actually, because I'm doing the funnel funnel, uh, freedom under natural law. A double feature, double feature. Oh, guys, I was coming back from uh from my aunt's house and uh, I've been laughing about how mad people have been getting about uh, pride month I'm laughing because I've just been learning a lot about myself about uh, how I used to get mad at that stuff too and now I've been like seeing the rainbow just laughing my ass off because I'm realizing that it's like half the people are like trans people are so bad and the other half are like trans people are so good and, and governments like this is so easy like it's just hilarious when I see that and so when you watch someone react, you realize they're feeding government. They're feeding government. And uh, I started to think about these chemtrails. And I realized that if I was in a different vibration, I drove past this. This is my favorite drive-in wind. Uh, it's like a drive-through, you know, drive-in theater state line. And playing as Transformers, <laughs> Rise of the Vs, right? And by the way, uh, Vitriol Orchestra, we could totally buy a drive-in theater. Holy guys, guys could buy a drive-in theater we could have movie night right right people turn on the radio in their car and they hear what we're saying and we got a screen think about it just think about it talks amongst yourselves we'll get verklempt about it later but that would be a really cool little draw wouldn't it it'd be cool um come on sunshine mind cleaners with uh with the whole uh movie thing by the way, if that's a movie I'm seeing in chat, I'm sorry. That means I ruined it. That means I couldn't paint something original. But uh, it, 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 so sorry about that. I don't mean to rip things off through the resonance of things. Um, because if I'm using something from a movie, I don't know what prana is attached to that. And I'm trying to, it's not going to work. Anyway, figure it out. Do the math. We'll see you guys later. Have a wonderful evening. See you on airship. I'm sorry. Tomorrow night, Mo Ophisto.
Mehmet is hello Mo. He's doing a uh, presentation on the name of God, secret name of God. In fact, uh, whenever we can, I would love to do a talk with Mo about that. Uh, he's translated a lot of that into German, and uh, I think it's worthwhile. So I recommend that you uh, go over there and uh, give a thumbs up, uh, take a listen. I've been slowly learning German through osmosis. It's, uh, it's getting there. Gluten? Gluten? Glutenabend. Glutenabend. I'm just kidding. I know it. I know it's gluten, but gluten is pretty freaking funny. It is. Yeah.